All the latest news, views and reactions to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Hello, and thank you for joining us again on another issue um, edition of 442FM. I am a very croaky Adam Jackson, and with me is Kevin Ez. Who is much less broken than you. (laughs) And uh, Constantine Stamakostas, as I just Uh, learnt. I'm a very angry Greek man. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, or just after the Sydney game? Generally, but a little bit extra after the Sydney FC Adelaide game. Uh, Like most Sydney FC fans who very frustrated mm. seething of Thessaloniki seething. <laughs> <laughs> very nice um, right well we'll come on to that yes. a little bit later let's start in the chronological order of Thursday night um, just just before we start talking about games was it did you enjoy having a game one game every day or was it spread out a little bit too evenly I, I think I would have liked two games at least one night I kind of felt short change. I was just getting warmed up for it. Yeah. And then it was all over, which, you know, applies to many things in my life. <laughs> uh, not, no more on that later. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I mean, it felt like you were on holidays because we had a game on Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Monday. But like, you know, it was a special occasion. Uh, yeah. there, were, there were reasonable quality games as well. Uh, even mm. the ones that didn't look like they were going to be good quality mm. uh, delivered, uh, you know, we'll come to it later, but Western Sydney Wanderers and Melbourne City didn't look like a glamour clash, but no. two great goals. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they delivered. And then, of course, on the opening night, it was a tsunami of goals up at Brisbane Road. Mm. Maybe. We started off with what you termed last week was a thunder bastard. Yeah. By Stephen Lustigan. I wanted to ask you: Is are they called thunder bastards because those goals have no father to their school? <laughs> That's possibly reading a bit too much into yep. it. Yeah, maybe. First of all, of old dirty bastard from uh, the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's nice. Good introduction. What are you saying? What are you reading? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, all right. So, for me, um, I would, I quite like when there's, like, as you said, where there's a back-to-back game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, having it spread out, the reason why I am a little bit croaky because I've I had a books weekend down in Melbourne this uh, this weekend. So, having it sp- sp- spread out meant. You know, there was the two nights that I was definitely going to miss games. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if there was if there was a few more on the Sunday or, um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> And I, I think it was good to get something every night off the, the holiday. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed that, but I think possibly we need more teams in the A-League, and I think that's where the underlying yeah. problem is. If we had more teams, then we would have had even more games, and it would have been much better. But it was all right. So the, um, recently there's been rumours about flying around about Asian teams coming into it. Thoughts? As I said on Twitter, that's a completely bonkers idea. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's, it doesn't solve anything at all. It's going to create even more problems than it, uh, than it solves. And what worries me, though, is that there are seven club owners who are so desperate at the moment that they're willing to consider that as a, a viable, valid option. And mm. it's clearly not. It's the worst possible way to go. There's many places the LA can still get into before we have to start looking to expand overseas. 
it's it's not like the EPL going into Wales. No. It's it the EPL going into Wales is us going it, into New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. So that's Mike Charlesworth must have like Central Coast. He wants to move the team to Brookvale or to North Sydney, and then he wants or Singapore. to play in Singapore. What doesn't he like the Central Coast? Uh, and I don't get it. Like you can't even get um, a crowd of over ten thousand to the Central Coast. Why would you want to um, think about playing Singapore or? Do they, I mean? Do they, does anybody in the right minds think that getting Sabah FC mm. to the into the A-League is going to improve crowds in any way, shape or form. It may open up a couple of extra ad dollar revenue streams, but frankly, it's a hell of a price to pay. Mm. We can see them play in the ACL against these kind of teams and nobody gives a shit then. They're not going to start giving a shit just because they're supposedly in the A-League together with them. It's an nonsense. I, I, I think the, the only possible reasoning that, that could be a, a, a sort of argument for doing this is it TV rights because at the moment where is the where is the FFA selling the A League to? But no, I mean that's chasing the dollar and, and killing yourself in the process. Uh, TV rights will grow organically as the competition grows organically. Try to mm-hmm. force it artificially by going into foreign countries to draw people in isn't the way to do it and TV rights aren't going to increase the ACL uh, TV viewing figures yeah. are absolutely astonishingly bad uh, you know in a marketplace which isn't renowned for great figures ACL figures are bad you know mm. that's Sabah the kitschy that's not the future it's not the future for the A-League uh, and it's not the future that the Crawford report was uh, trying to draw up all those years ago mm. It's the worst idea since Gold Coast United and North Queensland Fury came into the league. Do you know, it's actually, it's an even worse idea Mm. than them, and I didn't think we could get much worse. Uh, But having said that, I still think North Queensland Fury should have survived. That's just my own personal thought, and just get that back on the record. Uh, Gold Coast United could not die soon enough. It was a terrible idea from day one. (laughs) And it was kind of odd that uh, it was... uh, Thought of by Mike Charlesworth at the Central Coast, and also it was um, the, it was done by a player agent. So, shouldn't the player agent be looking after players and trying to find players instead of um, obscure Asian teams? And they're not even you know like Japanese teams or Korean teams. Mm. They're um, teams I've never heard of, and yeah. countries that um, no one would care to watch in Australia, let alone. Um, in in Asia, like, what would they what would they watch those games? It makes as much sense as trying to further your soccer's career by going to play in Romania, which I think may have had something in common with uh, the people behind it. Hmm. Well, there we go. Let's talk about football. Oh yeah, there yeah. There's some good teams in there. were some games, and um, and <clears throat> keeping it in the. Uh, the theme of well, one team playing in Asia and one team wanting to play in Asia. Uh, we, we've got Brisbane Mariners, the opening game, and um, and I'm glad this this game happened before I went on my books night because um, it was a thunder bastard of a game. <laughs> but if it happened on your books night and you'd been watching it, you would have seen twelve goals, seen double. Yeah, <laughs> at least twelve. Fourteen, 14 maybe. Um, yeah. So Lustica. I bet he must be gutted that that third wasn't from outside the box. That's harsh. Yeah, That's harsh. And, uh, I think it just proved that his versatility a... yeah. inside, outside. He's got a deflection. Deflections. In the box. Direct. That second goal 
was uh, like technically perfect. Yeah. Like if you if you watch like when the ball's coming out to him, he hits it on the he adjusts his body to sort of line up with that far corner and and he hits hits through the ball and it's as sweet as they come. Um I loved watching that goal. And he had a practice run with the first goal too. Yeah. So it was a bit of deflection from the first one. That was a bit like it was a bit like Finkler's that, that a couple of weeks back, where he bent one into the top corner, and then about thirty seconds, well, thirty seconds later, a little bit later on in the game, he, he, he tried it again and got it even sweeter into the top corner. Yeah, that's true. No, not where the monkeys live. Is that what you said? Pigeons <laughs> 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 flying everywhere. Uh, uh, of, of all the things that um, that I, we say on this pod, um, I think I got the most abuse off not yeah. knowing. About pigeons, all the spiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. spiders, spiders, pigeons, monkeys, yeah, yeah. spoodles. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was good to see. Where's that performance been hiding? Where have been? Where has Brisbane been, been, been hiding? In the reserves, I think. <laughs> the yeah. League. Quite honestly, I mean, we've seen Devante Clute come through. Uh, he was getting a run under Mulvey, and then Franz Tyson came in, and he started playing safe, just steady the boat, try and get some results under his sleeve and Clute got sidelined and then he gradually brought Clute back in again uh, through uh, the ACL where he shone and then started getting first team starts or coming off the bench as he did this time mm. and just shining every single time he makes an appearance. It's funny because he was in Nike's The Chance I was out in Barcelona with him uh, as the Australian representative uh, a couple of years ago and uh, at the time he was it, Tom Rogic was the man who's they were following the footsteps off and very much in the shadow of mm. since then uh, Rogic has disappeared virtually through injury made his comeback last weekend for Celtic in the reserves played a game looked good and then played another game this weekend and limped off after 30 minutes 32 minutes uh, and it's all looking pear-shaped again for him. So, so sad. I would say Devante Clute has got a good chance of being the real poster boy for Nike. Mm. The chance or most wanted it is now. Yeah, yeah. And there's an Aussie boy in there now at the moment. Yes, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's over in the UK? I think at the moment. Yeah, St. Yeah. George's training, yeah. training center. So yes, and Listica has uh, been hiding in the reserves as well alongside Clute. Finally, getting his proper chance yeah. after his detour from Gold Coast to uh, Croatia uh, via Adelaide. Was he? Was he Adelaide for a bit? Over Easting, West, Western Ways, yeah. <laughs> West, whatever. Uh, and yes, uh, but he's really he really showed what he can do. Mm. Uh, very impressive, and you know, uh, fair play to them. They're giving the young youth a chance and. Youth are grabbing it with both hands, although against only the Mariners, has to be said. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of got a question for you. You mentioned where, where did this come from? Is this Brisbane finding some form, or was that against a very sort of underwhelming Mariners team who they, they just they, they seem very unorganised and, and, and indisciplined as well? Like there was the was it the Lustica third goal where? Um, uh, someone uh, I can't remember who it was jinked through the defence and no one oh, Petratos Petratos yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and and sort of sprayed out it was a great run yeah. but no one seemed to be looking to put a challenge in it's not like he was in the box and they didn't want to give a pen away well I think Brisbane um, had I 
few of their players back. They had Mackay back from Socceroos duty. They had uh, Broish playing as well. And mm. There was also a bit of controversy with um, before the game. Brisbane didn't announce that Broish was playing. Um, yeah, he's so, like, yeah, he wasn't included in the squad of sixteen. Yeah, which I've never had, come across before at all. And um, the, uh, FIFA I didn't realize um, that spokesman has said they're asking for Brisbane all to please explain. Um, so yeah, there was a little bit of controversy about that, but I thought um, I think they had Devi back as well. So I think Brisbane had a few of their players back, and they also they've got a chance now. Um, if they win the next game, then they're only three points behind Melbourne City. So they're up, they are fighting for that final spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and you know Mariners probably uh, are looking to the end of season trip. Yeah. Um, so to Asia. Shoot, this blockbuster match against Sabah. Sabah FC. The Mariners, uh, the Mariners tour in Asia. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, Brisbane Raw have had, had a few of their players in form, um, and yeah, that's that's that, that was the only thing they they, had, they, they were fighting for for something, and the Mariners are probably just wanting to forget this season. So- so um, Tony Wamsley came out afterwards and said, um, this, is a, this is a quote, um, we weren't expecting that and I guess after the run Brisbane have, Brisbane have had, uh, we weren't expecting that. They weren't I can, expecting that. They weren't expecting that. Um, I can only reflect on superior perform, on a superior performance from Brisbane. That, that's kind of, I think that's a stock quote from Football Manager actually. Mm. I think, you know, you, you see that pop up. Yeah. Tony Wamsley told for Australian 442. <laughs> uh, select option A, B, or C. Yeah. Uh, and he chose C. That's, yeah, that's a vague quote. I saw somebody after the game saying, oh, I don't remember uh, Phil Moss losing a game 6 1. I don't think that's the point. To be no. Honest, uh, you know. Tony Walmsley's been left to pick up the pieces left behind by Phil Moss and uh, I don't think Phil Moss would have done any better under the circumstances. It's just a season to forget for Mariners uh, and the, the worry is that they're just not going to be able to bounce back from it. Uh, you know, I'm sure if they get a bit of investment they can get the players to bounce back from it but they've got such deep divides with the fans I think at the moment that it's going to be a long time before we see... Uh, a uh, Gosford fool again. And I liked Borello's goal too. He smacked that in and a very lovely uh, goal celebration holding the one leg while doing a backflip in the air. It's very lot of gymnastic skills too. It was a Dutch form of uh, rave dancing, wasn't it, at one stage? <laughs> is that what it is? The uh, Dutch shuffle. Is, yeah, yeah, the Dutch shuffle. I like it. Um, and there was an Owen goal? Yes. Owen back on the score sheet. There was a couple this weekend actually. He's uh, starting to get him double figures almost. Yeah. <laughs> Golden boot. Uh, I'd be interested to see where where he sits on the table. Um, I can't be asked looking it up. I'm so sure will know that. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew Howell will know. Andrew Yeah. He's the Fox Sports stats dude. Yeah. All right. I'm sure he's listening in. Can you uh, can you send us a tweet yeah. or, uh, or or some social media contact with? Um, with who is well, uh, how many own goals we've had so far this season? It'd be funny if it beats uh, uh, Yanko. I hope not, because I read an article with the art of a striker, and it wasn't the own goal wasn't in there. <laughs> All right then. Um, Moving on. That's probably a good story, actually. Yeah. The art of the own goal. The art of the own goal. 
So Friday night, Wanderers, you, you mentioned two cracking goals. Brilliant, brilliant oh, yes. goals. Excellent. Um, uh, Novilio. Is that how you pronounce it? We were discussing that. How do we... Yeah. What, what, do we sign, what did we sign on? Novilio. 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 This is sounding Italian. It's, it's French, isn't it? Je suis Harry Novilio. Oh, that's one for the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, anyway. So, uh, he's got a cracker. And we're, yeah, we're, um, Takahaki, uh, beautiful free kick. Mm. Um, you were saying, uh, asking if that was a red card to Jalians. Yeah. I and mean, I don't think it was, but nah. it was a very cynical foul. Um, but that's what you've got to do if you're a defender, stop the play, as yeah. um, uh, Joseph Gombiel likes to call it, stopping the play. No, the, the, you're always going to be a risk of getting sent off under those circumstances. Mm. I mean, yeah. you go into knowing that it's going to be a 50-50 call. Uh, I wouldn't have given up, but then I really do give red cards. Yeah, no, th- there was there was people on social media calling for it. I think Fox Sports asked the question at, at, at half time, um, but no, nah, for, for me that's never never a red card. He's going. He's going away from goal. There is at least another covering defender. Yeah, uh, and it's outside the box. And it, nah. it's, it was more of a foot being stuck out rather than um, dangerous play and yeah. studs showing or anything like that. And there was, like you said, there was about two or three defenders. Um, so I, I, th- I think the question was raised more so that in the end he actually had quite a good game, didn't he? So if it, so if he would have if he would have seen red at that point, you know there was probably a couple of instances where um, the, the Wanderers could have gone up, mm-hmm. got up in this game. So um, so yeah, but um, very good free kick, nice techers. Oh, the sensation! Absolutely brilliant textbook mm. up, down, and uh, in the corner. He, he, he didn't even look like he hit it that hard, did he? Like he sort of strolled up to it, finessed it over the wall and into the top corner. Very nice. Goalkeeper error, do you think? Not covering himself properly. He had a big wall there in front. Of him. There was there was a big wall. It was. It didn't look like it went in with a lot of speed, but I don't know. Could he have made up the ground potentially? I'm not sure. I like the uh, sumo celebration. Yes, yeah. I like that too. That's, that's my favourite. That's a cel- uh, celebration of the year for me yeah. so far. We'll, we'll come back to my celebration of the year. And um, I reckon uh, Tanaka and uh, um, uh, what's is it your hero? Um, the guy, uh, the gentleman who scored the goal. They should um, organise something like that at the at the grand final and get in the um, inflatable Japanese sumo suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, that's not racist at all. No, but uh, <laughs> the Maybe Japanese. <laughs> Yeah, Japanese. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's playing to the stereotype, I suppose, yeah, rather than being racist. But hmm. still, it's kind probably prejudice like, more than racist. Yeah, yeah. That's that's only like me being English doing a celebration of wearing like a a vest sunburn tan. Yeah, you know, like, like it still looks like I'm wearing Which a vest. Wearing pretty much what you do every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but it. Tagahagi seems like he's improving each each week. He seems like he'd be, he's giving more and more to the to that Wanderers team. Yeah, and we finally he, found Tony Popovich's good signing for this. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, but he's played in a few different positions as well, hasn't he? Like he was he was almost sitting like maybe a, a bit of a number six, sitting in front of that in the, in in front of the Wanderers defence really, um, but was getting up and down, starting play. Being in the middle of play and also yeah. sort of with the free kick finishing off as well. So, um, yeah. 
multi-purpose utility player. Mm. And he's useful, but not necessarily coveted. In, in, is that the Wanderers' like 50th game of the season? How many games have they played? And Paul Popovich, every game he's, he's listing, a, I think Lukovica got injured in this yeah. game as well. Um, I, I, as a Sydney FC fan, it pains me to say, but I kind of feel sorry for the Wanderers. They're playing mm. three, three to five games every two weeks. No, also, we can't sustain the kind of schedule that they've had with the depth of squad that we've got, no. even with the extended ACL squad. The finance isn't there to justify actually signing three really top quality players who aren't going to just join for the ACL in any case and yeah. can't keep them here for the salary cap for the A-League for the rest of the time. So it's never going to work for us. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, I did see some debate on Twitter that uh, they've now got five weeks of clear air ahead of them where they're not actually going to have a single flight for the first time virtually this season. Wow. So, um, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. We might actually see a bit of settled uh, performances from them as a result. It's too late to make anything off this season. Yeah. All they can do is try and... Try and not finish bottom. Try and not finish bottom, which hopefully they shouldn't do because the Jets are far, far worse than them. Yeah. And um, nail down a a position they qualify from the group stage of ACL. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're going to give the teams that they're playing a run for their money, um, the top six teams, the top five and six teams. And also, um, Popovich was saying that a lot of the players haven't seen their families in the last month. They've been travelling um, so much. So, mm. Having um, said that, though, you know, professional footballer, that, that's what you get in, mm. into it for. You Not know, to see your wife for a month? No, well, you, you, sh- <laughs> you shouldn't... At that age, you shouldn't be thinking about family and wives and things. Yes. Yeah. You should be driving your career forward and trying to do everything you can to, to make a success. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, that doesn't actually uh, ring any bells for me as well. Yeah, they probably have multiple wives in multiple cities anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lady in every port. <laughs> um, right then. Yeah, but just going back to um, Rukovitsa, that that is um, that, that is quite sad to see. You know, he he's actually been showing in recent weeks like what he, what he can bring to that team. Um, and when he first came, we were sort of not slating him, but saying he needs to add a bit of finesse and a bit of um, sort of end product to his game. And he and he has brought that of, uh, of recent weeks. So it's a shame to see him limp off after thirty minutes, but. And I just wanted to um, just quickly speak about Harry Navillo. Um, uh, he, uh, he's 23 years old, um, uh, played youth football for Lyon, only played two games um, in the first team for Lyon, then went on loan. Um, and he, one of the interesting things that I found was he went to Belgium um, and his team called Mons in the Belgium second division. And this is a quote um, about why he left Mons. I'll just read it to you quickly. Um, I did not play due to certain people who had problems with those who had slightly darker skin than others. I think that the Belgian way of life was not for me. Already the Flemish and the Walloons don't like each other, so it won't be the French who they particularly like either. That is what counted against me when I went over there. They did not play, want me to play for reasons that they themselves seem to ignore. Um, so he's got a bit of a history. He also went to um, Clermont Font and they contracted his term. His, they terminated his contract because uh, he was involved with an incident with his teammates. So I think coming to the A League um, in a new culture uh, mm. is. Giving him some sort of um, spurred him on, and hopefully he gets to stay, and we get to see him play for a bit more. So, yeah, he's got a pedigree. So it's a um, perfect playmate for Karen Bullock, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
And um, fun times uh, ahead. Rolly Bonavacci's got a bit of a uh, similar history. Not not that not that same, but like just um, was he, when I interviewed him, he said he wasn't respected. And also another twenty-three-year-old that um, you know grew up with playing with Ajax too. So yeah, mm. we're, we're finding um, that the A League's a bit of a. If you're having a bit of problem in Europe, come to the A League and yeah, we'll yeah, sort you out and ship you back off. There's, yeah. there's not too many footballers, I think, that ever do think they've had all the respect they deserve, though, is it? No, well, that's yeah. Mm. That's, I think. <laughs> They've always risked themselves much higher than everybody else has. Do you know what? It's, it's a funny one, this, and uh, and it's an, an argument that I have with a lot of sort of non-football fans when they talk about footballers being prima donnas and and that pre- professional footballers they're on this such a high pedestal that um, you know they deserve to be knocked off and they earn too much more that sort yeah, of nonsense. The ego. The, the ego. Um, but I, I think about it like even from the very earliest ages, you're playing under sevens football or something. You're the best in the team yeah. and everyone everyone loves you and then you go to like secondary school or uh, middle school or whatever um, and you're the best in your in, in your school team yeah. and then you get picked up by uh, an academy yeah. and you're one of the better players there because so you're there's only the sort of top you know less than 1% of of these kids that play at yeah. a decent standard actually make it as a pro yeah. so you're always the best in whatever you do yeah. and then you get to the to being a professional and you know your player agent, your coaches are trying to give you this confidence. So that so up until the age of like maybe eighteen, or maybe even slightly younger, seventeen, eighteen, yeah. you've been told you're the best by everyone in your life. So then, as soon as you become go to this professional club, and they go, "No, you're not good enough." Yeah, you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, but all of a sudden, there's twenty or thirty players yeah. better than you are, and yeah, why why am I not good enough? So there is there's a reason why they uh, these players don't like feel like they're or they have these egos and feel that they're not uh, not given the respect they deserve. Oh, I mean, they're completely costed and cut off from real life. There was a two famous cases: Michael Owen literally didn't know how to make a toast. Uh, and Philip Neville just recently revealed he literally didn't know how to make a cup of coffee. Wow. Uh, they waited what? on hand on food. It's hard to. You need a good recipe. It's true. Sometimes butter, you know, you can make, cause it to make a hole in the bread. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how'd you get the butter soft? Yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot of tricks to it. But, mm. you know, grown men in their 30s pushing 40. You think might just have picked up those skills, yeah, and that's when you think, well, yeah, you really are quite unaware of the world that the Reality. rest of us live in. Well, really. Some would argue that Gary Neville didn't know how to play football either, and <laughs> <laughs> so, Neville. Which brings us back to original point. <laughs> <laughs> um, where were we? Being quite judgmental, yeah, just um, talking about egos and stuff like that. Uh, I think moving on to uh, Sydney and Adelaide. Sydney and Adelaide, right? Which was uh, the highlight of your weekend? Oh yes, well that was one of the most frustrating games I've um, ever been a part of. Uh, Did you play? Well. I had played my, his part. Replica, you played your part. I had my, yeah, I had my replica jersey on it. Like, <laughs> um, every every time Sydney um, went near the goal, it seemed like there was a force field. Like there was something protecting the goal, and the force field was it was Lekovic. Yeah, and um, you had him in the magazine previous month, but I, I didn't. Feel, that was just incredible that performance. And I, I also got to say, Sydney made him look good too because there was a he made nine saves, and I think half of those saves they shot it straight at him. Um, and 
I don't want to be too harsh with Adelaide, but Joseph Gombau has been fooling us all, I reckon. He's been talking about wanting to play beautiful and he'd rather lose and um, play ugly, but he's mm-hmm. been fooling us all. And if you look, um, if you read the last... Oh, we're not going to raise the stats, are we? Not, I'm not going to raise the stats. I just want to... The latest comment on SBS. Uh, um, in the last four games, the important thing is not the way we play, but we, for us to get the results. There you go, and that's he's been. That goes against everything he's been saying, mm-hmm. and good on him. Um, uh, the last uh, there were seven players in that game that got yellow cards for Adelaide United. Um, every time Sydney FC got the ball, they fouled them. Um, they had four defend four central defenders playing, and th- I think he he uh, Graham Arnold was saying how they're just playing playing long balls, and I think they, they played it perfectly. They sucker punched Sydney FC, um, and you've got to give it to him. Um, I think they got lucky, to be honest. I mean, I think they they set out with the target of not conceding uh, first and foremost, and they never even tried on goal once in the first half. Yeah. First time in their history that they'd never actually had a shot and goal in the whole of the A-League in the first half. Wow. Uh, and in the second half, I think, still think they only had t- like two shots or something, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, they, they had a game plan and they executed it, and... Sydney really only have Galekovic and themselves to blame. Yeah, that's for right. scoring. Yeah, uh, some of I mean there was a few shots that were straight at Galekovic, but there was still a couple, three, four very very good saves. There was that what one was where it did it get deflected and he was going one way and he had to readjust and Almost get down. That is, um, you know, the that's top draw. That. Spine, the spinal control of that mm. uh, to be able to do that at his age because he's 33. not he's not that young. Mm. And don't forget, um, uh, Gombau made the change to bring in a- on Awam and Bill, and he ch- that was an am- another uh, incredible goal that he scored um, to, mm. cut, to cut inside. And he was uh, all about Galekovic, the assist for me. Galekovic, yeah, Galekovic, Galekovic's bu- um, beautiful assist. Uh, <laughs> we're looking at the super screen and saw that he was. Yeah. Um, so there was a gap there, and, <laughs> um, and uh, also I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, Yanko wasn't offside; his left foot was onside. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of his body was offside, but the left foot was onside. So, so that brings me to my uh, the, my favourite celebration of uh, of the year so far. I love seeing that. They were in the crowd for at least a couple of minutes. Yes. There was is it him yeah, and a beanie? Yeah, he was getting hugged, getting hugged by the fans the and was bending over to Kev sorry, Con is shaking his head. I don't think that was your uh, your favorite celebration. I was I was I, I didn't know what was going on because I, I saw the players running back thinking they were running back um to get in position to kick off again, but they're getting back to in position because it was a goal kick. Yeah, and they realised, and then by the time I looked over, and Yanko was just, you know, how many hugs can you get? <laughs> just look back, dude. Look back, and yeah, it was very frustrating. And even on the super screen, it was his left foot was on side, so miles but, um, off. Yeah, he was a mile off. See, going back to that, you know, Combao had Mobile to come on, but Sydney FC didn't have anyone. To come back on um, in that mm. moment, uh, Smilts was sus- suspended. Stembozilev, I don't know how to pronounce that. 
um, yeah, he isn't really. Uh, he's not really a match winner at the moment. No. And Brian Grant's not a match winner, but he did have his sh- uh, the correct shirt, which was <laughs> that's a good start. Um, so it's all about improvement. We come week yeah, though. We- <laughs> so uh, was it a concern for his camper? You see his tweet. <laughs> yeah, that was a before stage. I fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> he called me. <laughs> um, you know, we're, t- we're talking about that, and, and that the whole point was that, that he came out and said, "Get behind your team, come out and watch the the game." Uh, Eleven and a half thousand yeah. at the game, which is it was a stinking fun. Yeah, horrible. horrible. So um, cold, wet day. Every Scottish weather. <laughs> every credit to uh, Sydney FC fans for coming out to that because they, they've they've taken some stick in in recent years on yeah. being fair weather fans. So um, and the cove were there. No, but yeah. still would have been a big crowd for us in the same way. Yeah, they used to yeah, it down yeah, there. They used to it there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, the, yeah. Also, got to uh, come in the cove because they didn't hide. The rest, of, the rest of the crowd were, yeah, uh, you know, covering undercover. But the cove were there singing. Um, you got to commend that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't there. I was in the sides. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't commend myself. But um, yeah, your notepad would have been soaking, <laughs> making all your. <laughs> um, yeah. So. And luckily for Sydney, they've got three away games left because um, I know they're terrible at home at the moment. Terrible at home. <laughs> and um, I reckon Graham Arnold shouldn't say anything about the uh, opposition team's tactics mm. after this game because I think they fired up the Reds. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of angry. I was writing down notes going, "That was anti-football." You know, what's what's this about Gumbel being like Barcelona-esque and all this sort of stuff? But you know, I've calmed down and. Um, yeah, so. I still think the the mark of a good manager is one who's willing to vary his tactics according to the circumstances and the opposition. Yep. Yeah, well, <coughs> well done to Adelaide, and they, they've used those tactics when they when they're away. It's different when they play at home. You know, mm. they, they want to. And looking at the position stats, they still had more position than Sydney have said. Mm. Um, uh, about fifty four percent, eighty two percent passing accuracy. Sydney at seventy four. And Adelaide had 568 positions, Sydney at 43. So it wasn't like they went totally away. It was just when they weren't in possession, they were fouling. Mm-hmm. And um, they played within the rules, though. So. Playing a physical game. Physical. Yeah. It's a man's game. It is. <laughs> it's a man's game. Unless you uh, play for the Matildas. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. That was quite disturbing, actually. Please don't do that again. That was What do you mean? Yeah. Um, right, well, moving on from uh, from my glorious singing voice. Well, one direction I was disturbing some Maybe you should have a word. Yep. With a, a, a boy band haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, well, let's move on to a team who is also pretty shocking at home at the moment. Phoenix. Phoenix. And have, the uh, victory... Fortress Caton, no more. Are they back in the Caton? Yeah, oh, are they? Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. back in the yeah, Caton. So. The last two games. I think Wellington suffered more than any other team due to the international break. Um, they've had two 3 0 losses in a row, mm. um, albeit against you know Sydney and Melbourne victory. And um, I think uh, Melbourne uh, gave it to them in the first minute. I think it was after 43 seconds they scored the, yeah. the first goal. And. Um, yeah, I, Wellington. At least they were up up top for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So well, it was it eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's surely secured victory as the favourites now for yeah. the for the league. Got a game in hand as well. Still. Game in hand, top. Uh, and, and and they they look they look pretty good. And they deserve it. Yeah. Without a doubt, uh, you know, I thought Sydney were going to 
put up a stronger fight than they did. The Adelaide things set them back, but it's still nip and tuck. You know, there's nothing in it at all for four teams uh, with three games left to play, or four games. Five teams. Well, five. Who would you discount? Oh, uh, so, yeah. Sorry, no. You're right. Five teams, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Unless Perth Glory gets... Um, <laughs> well, that, that kind of brings us back to the point of... Well, we're going to talk about it later. Yeah. Well, we could always talk about it now, as soon as we're talking, we started. Um, the points deduction that's looming for that. The FFA came out, and the first statement that they put out... When was it? December? January? Uh, January? February? December um, 17 was the first uh, article that um, I think Dominic Bossy and Joe Gorman wrote. Right. And um, then uh, the FFA announced they were going to look at look into it yeah. in January, I think it was. Um, yeah. January or February. But I mean, that, that first statement was so written by a lawyer. It was full of legalese, and it was, we're not going to accuse you of anything. We just want to have a look mm. and see what we find. Uh, and then this latest one that came out was no holds barred. This yeah. was, they have done this, and uh, we just need to see proof uh, or hear an explanation of why they, they did it uh, before we pass judgment. But they're now in the position where they can Perth glory because of the victory that we're going to talk about shortly. The FFA can deduct Perth an unprecedented 15 points and they'll still make the finals. Mm. Wow. And, you know, even if you go into administration in the UK, you don't get deducted 15 points. 12, is it 12 points? Yeah. Why 15 points? You, you just, just, no, it, it yeah, could it's do. Not yeah, yeah. Just, I'm not, it's not 15 if, points. If they wanted could. to, they could. Yeah. And it, well, would, it, could it be, would barely make any difference at all. It could be one for each car that they... Um, because <laughs> they had 18 cars um, that, <laughs> that they gave to the players. It is understood there were 18 vehicles, at least half of which were allocated to players. Um, I don't know where the other, where would the other half go to, the backroom <laughs> staff, the physios. But, um, yeah. or, or, or wives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's very odd that um, FFA have taken... It's December 17... And they've taken this long to figure out what's going on. How hard are those? How hard is it to figure out? Is it because they they want no, the I, season I, to end, no, and then they'll come up with the points deduction? Or I think there's possibly a bit of that, but to be honest, I, they have to be very, very certain of these things before they act on it. It's fair enough taking a newspaper story. Newspapers can make those accusations if they're confident in the source. Yeah. Uh, the FFA actually taking action on that, they have to be more than confident of the source. They have to go in and see what the problem is firsthand and have documentary evidence yeah. of it. Uh, but I mean, I think the, the lesson for Perth is if you're going to sack coaches, pay them out. Because otherwise, they know where the bodies are burnt. Hey, bodies are buried. Are you suggesting? <laughs> I'm not um, suggesting anything of the kind, but I'm sure that ex disgruntled staff former employees will given... know, will be aware of how the club was being run, and if they were to be further upset by having to fight for uh, what they feel is their contractual uh, payouts, then they may take that information elsewhere. Well, the lawyers are winning. Mm. Are we racking up the points? Uh, well, Perth Glory have been winning, but not for much longer. 
Should we, should it, we go, should it, it actually it does though raise the question that's something Perth raised years ago that they should be allowed to a bigger salary cap to attract talent <coughs> to make them more competitive and to compensate <coughs> for the, the extra travel uh, and it is interesting that in the year when they've clearly it would appear overspent on the salary cap they are competitive all of a sudden mm. after you know a decade of one grand final appearance and otherwise completely anonymous uh, for the other eight years it's, it's also a more expensive place to live well it is these days yeah so yeah. It, you know is that factored in yeah. you know someone earning the same amount of money in Gosford yeah the central coast you could live in a, a very nice very nice part of the country yeah. and live like a king or if you're in Perth or central Sydney or for, for example it's a uh, you don't get as much for your money. But I, I think that goes back to also what you, uh, to your average worker as well. You or I could move up to Gosford and, you know, have a lovely big mansion for the price of our, you know, unit uh, mm. in the city centre. But we choose not to do that because we prefer the lifestyle here and there's, yep. uh, as far as we're concerned, better work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Coast Mariners, you can go up there for a sea change if you like, uh, but you are making sacrifices in, in return for a better quality of life. Yeah, but in some ways. But your job is there, though. So if you're playing for for Mariners, it, you, it wouldn't be a case of moving away from the jobs. Your job is there. Yeah, but is the so, job as good? What as playing for Mariners or Sydney FC? Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah. Is Sydney a, a glamour club with more prestige attached to it and playing for it is better than playing for Central Coast Mariners? Is Central Coast Mariners a, a battler's club that has a perceived lower playing value? It's like playing for mm. Blackburn Rovers versus Manchester United. I know, I'd prefer to play for. <laughs> but it's very interesting what you were saying before. Um, I think that Mitchell brought that up. They should, that employers should have concessions, mm. lifestyle concessions. And the things that they've been um, caught up with, that the allocated are... Cars, rent, um, housing, mm. and player agent fees, and I think um, uh, those. It, it seems like um, DRF, uh, when David Mitchell asked for it, we need um, lifestyle concessions. Perth just went, "All right, we'll just do it then." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of that way. I mean, mm. I think cars and housing are acceptable. Player agents fees. That's when you're getting to the the real rort kind of situation because that money can go anywhere from there. You pay a player agent a fee, yeah, and does that go back to the player? Yeah, uh, that that serious shorting. I think you know certainly enhancing the package. You should be able to enhance the package with cars and housing. Yeah, uh, especially if you're not from that area. Mm. And Sydney FC um, uh, got busted in the first season um, for similar things, um, third party agreements and stuff like that, and they were only docked three points the next season. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, they did. I, I think uh, um, three points is the precedence. So anything more than that, because they really haven't. Yeah, I think, done... I think Sydney's was more of a a technical breach, whereas this seems to be a bit more cynical and systematic. Well, Perth Glory are arguing it's a technical breach. Um, Jason Brewer said, um, if you know, the FFA made made the guidelines really hard to understand. I think. In his press conference, that's yeah. what he was alluding to. <laughs> I think that's saying that with a straight face takes some. Yeah, well, he had a very. Mirror. It was 
you had a very good straight face. Yeah, the, the guidelines are pretty clear that everything has yeah. to be accounted for, and anybody that is close to the game would know that the, the stuff that's being talked about is outside the salary yeah. cap. Uh, it's either included in the salary cap or it's not included in the salary cap. If you're not uh, including it in the account you send to the FFA, uh, then you're emitting stuff. What's the salary cap? What discipline would you um, bring on Pope Glory? Well, like I say, you know, I, I think the FFA are in a position where they can apparently bring the hammer down on mm. Perth Glory and barely make any difference to the actual outcome of the, the league this season. Mm. Uh, a 15 point deduction I think would certainly send a message to every other club not to do it yeah. but it certainly wouldn't affect Perth's season yeah. and also a hundred, say a $50,000 fine $100,000 fine yeah. if they can afford to pay outside the salary cap then let's make them really pay outside the salary cap and slap them with a substantial fine £100,000 $100,000 and 15 points but 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 to um, bring it back to Con's point about Sydney FC in, in the first season, that three-point deduction was for the following season, wasn't yeah. it? So would would the point deduction it happen it this year? It was discovered the following season. Though. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it was the end of, yeah. end of the season. Okay. Uh, I think it should be brought in as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it would certainly have more impact if they were to do it next season. Yeah. But it would wipe out their season. There's no way you can make up a 15-point deficit no. in the year league. Uh, and certainly not if you're staying within the salary cap. It would also um, tick a box off that it would almost guarantee that it wouldn't be a Perth Grand Final. Yeah. Which is a bit of a win for everyone, really, apart from people in Perth. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true, though. I bet bet the FFA are desperately trying to find Phoenix uh, (laughs) to the salary cap. What have they done? You gave um, Nathan Burns free tickets to the Hobbit Museum. That is outside the salary cap. 15 points. <laughs> um, I reckon the FFA is hoping Brisbane, I mean, sorry, Melbourne Victory don't um, get the grand final either because it looks like it's going to be a Friday night grand final at the. Because um, uh, the AFL won't give up the other two stadiums. So. Yeah, but they can get. Can they, they can get uh, Etihad on the Friday night, can Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they can get it on a Friday night, then That's not it's, so bad. it's not ideal, but they will sell out still. Yeah. And it's not so bad. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's against Sydney. Uh, it would definitely, there wouldn't be any doubt about it whatsoever. People would just take the Friday off if they mm-hmm. need to travel. And does anyone care that um, Perth Glory have brought the salary cap? Do it's. <laughs> is it is so, that yeah, a deal? Like, that's. I think rival CEOs probably care. Yeah, <coughs> but the fans and well, I, I think the, the NRL. It depends when, when what Melbourne, the consequences are going to be. When, yeah. when Melbourne Storm did it, they, it was the fans were going crazy. But in the A League, when Sydney would like deduct the three points, I don't know. Like I don't think there was much of a. I, I think the salary cap is a bit of a contentious issue anyway, and that people generally think that for this league to grow, the salary crap. The crap. Yeah, he's loving that one. Headline, actually. Yeah. What was I saying? It's, uh, they, they, to get the the league to grow forward, um, it, it needs to be bigger and uh, attract a higher caliber of 
players and uh, you know keep the, the the better Aussie players here. So maybe this is a bit of a a uh, sort of nod to the FFA to think, do you know what, we need to be making it bigger anyway. See, the, the thing I think, you know, if you want to draw a comparison with, for example, Rangers in uh, Scotland, yeah. they, they don't have a salary cap there, but they rotted the tax system, which is effectively the, the salary cap in, yeah. in effect uh, over there. And for all that they rotted that system over there, all it actually served to do for them was to beat Celtic a few more times they never won any other title silverware outside of Scotland yeah uh, they made it to one Europe uh, Cup final uh, but all of that money that they threw at that experiment and that sent them into a spiral for five years um, was simply to beat Celtic mm-hmm. they were never any more competitive and I think you then have to look at well how much more competitive have Perth been for rotting the salary cap. This year, they've been competitive, but never dominant. Yeah. Uh, well, they were top of the league for yeah, but they were 16 weeks. They weren't. They're still, over the course of this, yep. the, the season, they are still only as good as Melbourne Victory. Mm-hmm. They're only as good as Adelaide United, uh, Wellington Phoenix, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so, what have they achieved? I don't think they've run away with it as a result. They've just become competitive, and I think that strengthens the argument for leniency. To be honest, mm. after, as I say, almost a decade of anonymity within the A League, where they've not been competitive, they start to cheat and they are competitive. That sends a message to me. Mm. And has this not been one of the best A League seasons? Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say it has, to be honest. You don't think? No, because of... Has this ever been... It's, it's never been as competitive. It's The the top half is great, mm-hmm. but the bottom half is so bad this season. I really think the golf has been huge, and it's really, really detracted. So, uh, so basically what you're saying is I think Jets, Mariners and Wanderers need to start buying cars in bulk. <laughs> Get the keys out. <laughs> um, Jets need to spend their... Salary cap to begin to begin with. with. <laughs> Likewise with the Mariners. Yes, and the Wanderers need to have only twenty-seven games to the season, uh, and then they can start being competitive. And Brisbane and Roar don't need to lose faith after seven games or whatever it was. I think that's a good point, and I think the the Wanderers being down at the bottom has lessened um, the the story of the A League. Um, if the Wanderers were up there, and um, you know, the, the the first the first two scenes they were in existence, that story went around Australia. Look at mm. the Wanderers, went, look what they've world. done, around yeah. the world. Yeah. So not having them, and also um, being Asian champions, and then coming last in the A League, that lessens the story even more. So if the Wanderers were up there and were competing in the top six, I think that would have uh, raised the um, the the excitement of the story. Um, kept the momentum going but it's become a bit of a lull now and you, it's sort of kind of sad you watch the Wanderers play and the, you know the, the Parramatta Stadium's you know three half full so mm. um, I think that's uh, that could dampen the Wanderers for next season and for the Champions League as well in terms of you know um, maybe they won't have such a big crowd next season it was always going to be the test of you know how would the fans react when the bubble burst and the, yeah. you know the 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 winds stopped, the winds dried up. And, you know, I still think 
they've responded better perhaps than Sydney fans did under the same circumstances uh, I think the numbers have held up are you, what are you trying to say here <laughs> <laughs> that Sydney FC is a fickle Sydney FC fans are fickle? Yes. That's correct. Yes. Yes. Um, That's exactly what I'm trying to say. I've got 11,000 that sat through rain and driving winds. uh, 11,000 in a 40,000 stadium. You get 11,000, 12,000 pretty much guaranteed minimum for the Wanderers in an 18,000 stadium. It's still a better experience. uh, But is is that the Sydney FC fans' fault or is it the stadium that's at fault? I think there's a variety of factors involved, but I still think Sydney could be better supported. It's not the fault of the fans who do do turn up. They're great, that's brilliant. But I do think there are a large number of fair-weather Sydney fans that don't turn up at the slightest, given the slightest reason. And I include myself in them, and I don't even have to pay for a ticket. Yeah. I just think the the weather stuffed Sydney up, and also the fact that... um, well, the World Cup, Cricket World Cup, there was a couple of games on during the same time. Sydney have been really unlucky, um, actually, the past few weeks, lucky. home game-wise. There was two factors, the Cricket World Cup and bad weather for a couple of those games combined. Yeah. To... I, I actually don't think that, that their fans have been bad this season. Their, their crowd figures have been bad this season. But in seasons past, it's been very obvious that yeah. fair weather fans, yeah. if the weather's bad or if the, uh, the entertainment's bad on the field, they just don't turn up. I, th- I think, and also the big apart, marquee apart games were at the beginning of the season, and we've only had one derby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, and there's only there's there's three away games now to go. Usually, um, Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC have uh, played the last game of the season mm-hmm. at the SFS. So, yeah. But talking about something totally different, I just want to go back to Melbourne Victory, um, Wellington Phoenix. What about Archie Thompson? Um, he's Still, he's scored in nine goals this season, and that's his second best return um, throughout his early career. He's the most score, goals he scored is ten goals. So, um, I, th- I think uh, Archie Thompson. Uh, I'd like to make a comment about him. He's, he, he is an A-League living legend. Yeah, mm. he really is. Uh, I mean, he's just completely tireless, ageless, and ca- keeps performing like Tim Gale's big mate. You know, the two yeah. of them are so similar in the way they. Uh, they turn out every single week and still give 100% and still get returns and just don't seem to have aged. And just always cr- cracking me up with the uh, post-match press conferences as well. Called Easy. He called Melbourne Victory the Manchester United of the A-League. Um, <laughs> and I, I think Which is, of course, Sydney United. Yeah. Sydney FC's so, claim to fame. So, <laughs> you know, keeping the comedy going. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's one of the characters of the A-League. You should... Uh, statue of him outside Etihad yeah for sure I reckon for sure yeah he's uh, he's great value Um, I remember the the, uh, short lived what's it called Thursday FC on SBS oh yeah yeah. and um, quality TV and it was it was literally it was like right we've gone round every other club and spoke to a few different players. No one have got half the personality that Archie does. So it got to a point where it was every single week it was Archie from Fed Square, <laughs> wasn't it? And, 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 and we've got a treat for you tonight, ladies and gents. Archie Thompson in Fed. It's like Archie again. <laughs> but um, but no. But to be fair, I, it, he would be presenting the show for me. Oh, I think yeah. I think he's brilliant. He, during the Asian Cup, I think he was on the uh, ABC um, on their panel and. He's got amazing insight into the game, and yeah. 
Uh, yeah, he, out of all the uh, uh, players that when they finish their careers, Archie Thompson has got a career in the media waiting for him. <sighs> oh, geez, if you think of some of the people that are, that are being paid to do it now, yeah. mentioning no names, but um, yeah, he would walk in. Um, right, well, um, actually, we, sh- we should talk a little bit more about the Wellington yes. um, Phoenix game. We got we got rudely distracted uh, yeah. talking about Perth and their woes. Uh, so, um, yeah, we, 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 we got to Finkler's opening goal. Um, we hadn't talked about the uh, Owen goal. Another. Another one. The other one from the weekend. Durante. That was... Uh, they, they, scored, they scored the Owen goal last, last week as well, didn't they, Phoenix? Yeah. Against Sydney. Yeah. Who oh, yeah, scored it last Shane. week? I think it was Durante there as well. It was, I think, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's building yeah. up quite a... He's in my defence in my fantasy football team. Did you have Galekovic in your team? No, I didn't. Not who's who's your keeper? Yeah, yeah, he's mine as well. Um, and Phoenix are just... They're very shaky at the back. I don't like... Every time... Like, um, victory were clinical... Let's say you know they they didn't have that many chances and they scored and they scored three, um, but like every time they attack Phoenix, they just I think they've got an aging defence and it shows at this point of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they are showing the, the signs of a, a longish season for them. I, I think you were saying earlier though the international break has upset their rhythm. Uh, much more than any of the other teams, yeah, because uh, they've obviously they're affected by the Kiwis and the the Socceroos, yeah. So it's a double whammy for them, uh, and yeah, I just don't think they've come back quite as strong as they were before. And I don't think Phoenix would have liked the fact that they, they would have faced Melbourne victory so soon after they beat them um, in Melbourne as well. Yeah, mm. I think they would have liked an extra, you know, maybe a few couple of weeks more just to. I think Melbourne would have been, you know, fired up to yeah for to, sure to get revenge on after that uh, result, and um, yeah. So talking of um, living illegal legends like Archie Thompson, Joe Griffiths is another one up there for me. Uh, maybe the legendary sack whacker, but he is also <laughs> top notch striker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you know, Jet should never have let let go of him. No. Sad to see him limping out like that. Um, mm. Hopefully it's not the last we see of him, but yeah, kind of you, think it you expect will be. it won't be. And he was uh, added another dimension to the Phoenix attack as well. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it was a fantastic pickup for them. Um, just goes to show what you know what a quality player. If you add him into a quality team, what they can what they can yeah. do. Mm. Oh, I mean, I think Joe Griffiths has always been quality, and you know, any team he plays for, he gives one hundred percent and more. But he was Newcastle boy through and through. Mm. And that time when he got uh, a dropped by Stubbins uh, brutally at the training pitch, you could see his heart breaking. He, mm. he just wanted to play for the Jets. And he thought he was back in the fold. And Stubbins broke him there and then on that spot. And, you know, nobody deserves to be treated like that at all. Uh, no matter what you think of Joel Griffiths. Yeah. Uh, nobody deserves that. And... I do hope he comes back from Phoenix uh, from the injury and plays again for Phoenix or whoever. Uh, but you got to have your doubts. Yeah, he, he can't have too many seasons left in him. Do, do we do we know how serious the injury is? And I, I know they yeah. said he's gone for scans today. Yet. Maybe. No, no, not seen anything yet. <clears throat> Archie Thompson. 
Archie Thompson. Well, Archie Thompson, um, I spoke to him uh, a few weeks ago as part of a story that I was drawing um, that features in the mag- in Four Foot Two magazine this week, the new the new issue on South Thursday, um, and it's called The Art of the Striker. And uh, there was uh, I interviewed Mark Yanko, Archie Thompson, Shane Smeltz, Andy Keogh, and Nathan Burns. And out of all the strikers that I spoke to, it's no surprise that Archie Thompson was the most fun to speak to, um, and. Uh, we had there was a moment there where it got a bit intense. I asked him um, what it was like uh, when he first started playing. If he was a bit arrogant and disrespectful to defenders, and he goes, "It's not about dis- I wasn't disrespectful." Came came the response back, and I said, "No, I was just saying it's um, like a common theme. If uh, like overall, if strikers are you know when you're a bit more arrogant when you're younger." And he was saying, "Yeah, that's true. You know, you try things when you're a bit younger. You try, you know, a bit more audacious things." And I just think he keeps on trying those kind of kinds of things. He's, he was saying that he's, you know, hasn't got the speed to um, get around players anymore like he used to. But hmm. um, yeah, I, I just uh, I really love watching Archie. You know, as a Sydney FC fan, he's he always scores against uh, Sydney FC, and um, yeah, I, I, I just really love watching him play and um, and. His responses. Um, another funny thing that he said was, uh, if he if uh, um, if he brings his per- perfectionist streak into his life as well, and he says when he's playing against his son, he kicks his son as well. <laughs> so <laughs> to get one over him. It's the the quote on our spine uh, of the the new mag. He says, "I want to kick my son, who is ten years old. I'd rather kick him than him beat me." <laughs> So, and that, is, that, that level of competitiveness yes. is just on a whole different level. Uh, it's, remember we before the uh, the league started, we were down at Bondi. Uh, they were having that kick about mm. the five aside thing. Yeah, and Bozza was getting really red mistish. Robbie Slater. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was getting so heated. And uh, I think it was Adam Peacock said, "You know, calm down, Bozza." Bozza yeah. was giving it. I'm a professional footballer. I'm competitive. Yeah. This is what I do for a living. This I'm, I'm going to win this game. Yeah. And, you know, that sets the attitudes uh, a Archie has, and it came across in the interview. Yeah. I, I was quite gobsmacked by that quote. But mm. You can see where it comes from. It's just that spirit of competitiveness. Yeah. And hopefully no one calls docs on him either, because um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a throwaway line, Docs. <laughs> he wants to kick his 10-year-old. He doesn't kick him, he just wants to kick him. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, talking of Andy Keogh, and, uh, and he was also in the uh, Secret Art of the Striker. Um, and also captain of my fantasy football team this week. Yes. 28 points, thank you very much. Goal and an assist. Yeah. Result that that has got to be um, a relief for the glory's finals hopes. Yeah. I know they want to be amassing as many points as they can, just in case. They, yeah, um, from from whatever happens. And um, uh, Newcastle Jets, they were they, they should have scored. Another, I think there was another game where there was a force field in front of the goal. because yeah. the ball just wouldn't go in for them. Oh, um, I feel so sorry for the Jets. That, that's almost the story of their season, though. To be honest, I feel like we say this every single week. They actually played quite well, yeah, they and they still get beaten two 0 They had so many chances. It's a shame they don't have a player like Joel Griffiths or David Carney. Yeah, like it's a shame, really. Maybe some huge aliens in defence just to give yeah. them a bit of steel. If only they'd signed players like that, then the season could have been very different. I know, very different. Well. What you know, you yeah. And um, there was a there was a moment, there was a moment there where um, there was a couple of uh, uh, clearances by Perth. I mean, Garcia did a diving header. 
um, for the ball to um, uh, yeah. save the save the goal there. And um, yeah, and then uh, Newcastle Jets, um, sorry, Perth Glory have a shot on goal, and it just falls to McLaren and um, crosses it in. And I think um, when I was interviewing um, Andy Kerr, he said his heading is his favourite um, uh, attribute of his. That's yeah. Where he's most, um, that's where he thinks he's he's, he's best at. And um, yeah, textbook was, header. That. Yeah, textbook header. And what about um, Marinkovic's goal? I mean, he, he came mm. off the bench and. That was one of the goals of the season, I think. Um, just it's, he took and, that so well. And um, the way he controlled it and then uh, set it up for himself, that was a beautiful finish. But uh, To give give Keogh a bit of credit from the assist as well, though, if you watch, like, the, the ball comes over, yeah. he, he's, he's up in the air and he knows exactly where he wants to wants yeah. to put it and he, he lands it exactly at Marinkovic's feet. Yeah, beautiful um, uh, headed pass. So, yeah, nice little cushioned yeah. header to bring him into the game. Very good. And Marinkovic has got former... I interviewed him... Um, a couple of months back, and he's uh, he was the top goal scorer for Partizan Belgrade in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, with fourteen goals. So he can score them, mm. um, and uh, yeah, um, uh, I think Perth um, is going to face a, a tough game against Sydney FC um, in the next game, and uh, they they would be very happy that they got away with a um, with a victory in that game. Yeah, so Perth have got Sydney, City and Wanderers. They would want to pick up points against Wanderers at least. Yeah. City, they'd settle for a draw and they'd even take a loss against Sydney. And like I say, with those results, I reckon they could lose 15 points and still make the finals. Yeah. And um, you kind of can tell it where it's at for Newcastle Jets because they had the lowest early crowd they've ever had. In that game, it was four thousand one hundred sixty-two fans. So it looked like four thousand more than I could actually see in the stadium. To be honest, <laughs> mm. uh, as I said on Twitter, I think there's more people in my lounge room than there was at the stadium. <laughs> How many retweets did you get for that one? <laughs> <A few. laughs> I think they must have been on the third tier, all hiding undercover. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a wet day there as well, wasn't yeah, it? No, it was it was horrendous up there. It was yeah. thunderstorms. Uh, I mean, it was really bad weather, but. It's always windy as well, isn't it? So and if you if you add rain to that, yeah. it's um, yeah, not yeah, so nice. Just the brand of football and the results and the disquiet with Phil Stubbins and everything else is just going to add up to uh, a thoroughly unhappy supporter base and small crowds. It's just all there is to it. My my bigger dis- disappointment with this, and and I, and, and I've I've not necessarily been a, a critic of um, uh, Montano um, so far, but. He just didn't look arsed. He just like I, I don't think he's looked arsed at all. Let's be honest. I've never. He's never lit up the field for me. There's a couple he's, of times he's made a decent off the run, off the ball run, but the rest of the time he's 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 done nothing for me. I reckon he'll be the most forgotten import ever. Oh in yeah, the SCA league. You would know. That's quite a hotly contested. Area, There's a long queue. Honest. There's a long queue. Yeah. Name them. Uh, well, I can't because I forgot. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> um, but you, you set him up. Yeah. Up. <laughs> it's out of here. Um, but yes, Jets had twenty shots, five five on target. That was more than uh, more than Brisbane had. I think the five mm. on target's the key point, though. You know. Yeah. Squandering, inefficient, imprecise. Joe Griffiths given 20 shots mm. you would think would probably score three and certainly get seven or eight on target mm. uh, but no they don't have anybody like that that's a problem mm. 
There we go. Right. Well, that was an exhausting round of the of the Hyundai League. Maybe I'm just still a bit tired from my books books weekend, but um, but yeah. Right. Well, um, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll do the run home. Um, no breaks. No breaks in this week's pod. We're going to go straight oh, through. Yeah. No Take interviews. Yeah. Um, let's just let's just crack on. Push through. Push through. Come on. Are you, are, are, it's a double session. Double session. Make sure you stretch after this, come. Yeah. Right. So um, let's just quickly look look at the um, the table and and the run home before we um, do some score predictions from for, for the upcoming games. So it's it, as we said before, it's victories to lose. Really, this isn't it. Game in hand against which is that's they play Brisbane twice away and there's not one troubling one game left to trouble them really you would think yeah it, uh, more it, away is probably the hardest game they're going to face and even then you would think they've got the quality experience to to take care of that emerge with a draw at worst yeah it, but if Brisbane play anything like they did. Um, against Mariners, you know they might cause them a bit of problems, but yeah, it's against Mariners. Though. You can't draw comparisons between that and other anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, come. Well, if Brisbane um, beat Adelaide uh, and they're still in with a chance, then I think um, Melbourne Victory might be in a bit of trouble with the second game. But if if Melbourne Victory don't come first then that's I don't want I don't want to use disgrace but it's a disgrace because all they've got they've got Jets and the Mariners at home yeah um, and then yeah, Brisbane Raw might be out of it by then if they don't win uh, this week against Adelaide so yeah I, just, I see Melbourne victory and, and I think second is the only thing that's up for grabs really with the other teams and Sydney FC's got the hardest run in yeah um, Adelaide United have got um, the Brisbane Raw and uh, Melbourne City at home um, Wellington Phoenix have got uh, Melbourne City away, Mariners and Sydney FC at home, so um, they, they, they might still have a chance. But yeah, I think the run home for me, Melbourne Victory um, will win it, uh, the Premier's plate, and then everyone else will be fighting for second. Yeah. Top five teams. I, th- I, I, I can't see Sydney making a dent on that. I, th- I think they probably will finish fourth or fifth at best. If I'm if I'm going to pick the team who could finish second, um, I think that's going to be Adelaide. And I think Sydney will be ruining the two games where they dominated um, Melbourne City and uh, uh, Adelaide United, and just mm-hmm. got hit with a sucker punch. I think they'll be ruining those two games because if they if they won those two games, then they could have pushed Melbourne victory. But and it's probably a blessing in disguise if they don't get a home final because they're playing better away. So yeah. That's the only positive you can look at it for, from that point of view. Which is, which is, yeah, m- maybe the only positive for their final three games: Glory, Jets, and Phoenix all the way. And I think um, Adelaide. I think we mentioned Adelaide United, but um, yeah, it's um, it probably won't be as tight in the end, perhaps as we as it is now. So. Mm. I think it's still going to be tight, to be honest. I, yeah. think I can see each of the top five dropping at least three points. Uh, in the run home uh, which is going to keep it fairly consistent uh, nah, I think it's still going to be nip and tuck I think Victory are going to walk away with it though. Yeah, uh, it's really just who's going to be second, third and fourth can, can you see Phoenix having a, a late push? yeah I can actually I can see them still maintaining a presence and a threat 
at the top. I don't think they're going to get past victory, but I think they can still get second. Uh, I wouldn't like to say who's going to be second, to be honest. I think it could be any one of three. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's just do some final score predictions for the for the last uh, last few rounds. Well, we'll just do this round at the moment. So, um, final the game on. Well, we've got a double header on Friday. Does, it, does that mean SBS get two games? No, no, I think it does. Yeah. Just the one, still. Um, talking of which, I read this morning that um, SBS will be, uh, well, maybe uh, leaving the A League this season, Walking and away. Uh, and three of the other free to wear are, oh, are, are are all not they they haven't stated their uh, intent, but um, they've shown interest. Let's say the good thing from their perspective is they're probably going to pick up these TV rights for a song as a good uh, experiment. Uh, because the FFA will just be on selling. I think the FFA already been paid for them, effectively. Yeah. So SBS is just getting take will take whatever they can get to get out of it. Uh, so it's going to be a good deal for one of the free to airs uh, commercial channels to just put their toe in the water, see if they can generate interest, and then decide later if they actually want to make a serious bid mm-hmm. from 2017. So I think this could work out really well. Uh, but you know, you're going to get. If it's Channel 9 or Channel 7, it's going to be pretty unpleasant to watch. Mm. Celebrities and reality shows and adverts at throw-ins and uh, corner cutaways. For for me... Little logos walking across the bottom of the screen (laughs) during the game. For for me, as long as it's not a delay. I I, I hate sport delayed. What's the point? Don't show it. Yeah. And the thing is... Will um will they show it on their uh, big channels, or will it go to like Jam? Almost certain it will go to uh, the H one of the HD channels. HDs, yeah. Um, so in the, the HD's not bad because everyone's got HD. So um, the only other th- uh, thing that's there is if, ch- if it goes to Channel Ten, for example, they've shown that with the Big Bash, that can be a rating success. Mm. So hopefully it goes perhaps to someone like Channel Ten. Um, but the Channel 10 the Big Bash is on at the same time as the A-League so that could be a bit of a problem as well so yeah so I, I think 9 is the is the one that is probably the most suited to it and I think they've they're the one they're the, the channel that have shown the most interest outside of uh, A-League so I think they've got the rights for the ICC and also um, all the other all the channels have got sport during that um, 9 have got cricket 7 have got tennis yeah. Um, ten have got big bash. So how are they going to do that? You can just see problems. Although, although the tennis is only for like two weeks in. But on the plus side, January. It needs to. It, it'll be good to see how it'll fare on commercial TV, on on mainstream TV, and yeah. whether it makes a difference and makes a dent. Um, yeah, but I mean, when it's on the commercial TV, if it is sidelined to one of the HD channels, what you're really looking at is comparing it against reruns of. The Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory, two men and a baby, or whatever it's called. <laughs> two men and a baby. Well, hopefully they use... Two and a half men. That's the <laughs> hopefully they have the marquee games, like, you know, your, your, your big um, Sydney Dar- your Sydney Derbies and mm. Melbourne Victory of Sydney FC. And Mag- yeah, but on the, Fox on the Sports show. aren't going to give those away. They're going to keep those for Saturday night. And to be fair, the, clubs, the, clubs, the clubs are still going to want those on Saturday night as well because that's when they're going to get the biggest crowds. Yeah. Well, maybe have it on delay. Have 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 it on delay Fox Sports Live and 
totally I don't know. Works. I don't know. I'm, just I'm, I'm not. Stuff. I'm not having delays. I, I, I think yeah. so long as the the comparison is made with, as I say, two and a half men or two men and a baby, <laughs> uh, <laughs> rather than the NRL or the AFL or whatever it is that you know they put on the main channel on the front mm-hmm. of that, because there is uh, that's apples and oranges. Mm. Right. Let's predict some games. Victory Newcastle, first Friday night game. Kev. Two nil. Two nil victory. Uh, victory four nil. Four nil. I'll meet you halfway. Three. Uh, Perth Sydney. Now this is th- this is a tough one to call this. I think of of the Sydney remaining games. Uh, you know this this could go either way. Going to go 2-2 for this one. Well, I reckon Sydney's Perth is going to cop it from Sydney in this game. Um, I reckon 3-0 Sydney. 3 now. Spoken like a true Sydney fan. Well, I, I've gone 2-1 Sydney. I'm not that confident with this one, but... I, uh, double sessions. They'll do a double session today, Sydney. They're fired up. They're on it. All right. travel. Big flight. Adelaide, Brisbane. I'd be really interested to see how Brisbane uh, set up here and if they actually give Adelaide a game because if if they turn up, it could be interesting. If not, it could be a walkover. Brisbane got HBO Brisbane flight Korea. They're in Korea as we yeah. speak. Yeah. Going to be a tired, tired young side. Uh, now, I reckon Adelaide will get walk this one 2-0. 2-0. No. I reckon the return of Ticket Tucker. We'll come back and Adelaide win uh, 2-1. 2-1. 3 Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Mariners-Wanderers. This is one of those bogey games that Wanderers have probably never ever won, won at Gosford or something like that, isn't it? This is the worst Saturday feature, Saturday night game ever, I reckon. <laughs> it's prime time no, as well, I know, isn't prime it? time... Yeah, that must look really good on the fixture list back in September. Yeah, mm. August. Uh, not so much now. I'll go three one for Wanderers. Getting Wanderers up there. Double from Karen Bullet. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Uh, two nil Wanderers. Two nil Wanderers. One one. And the final game, Sunday, City-Phoenix. I'm inclined to say 1-1, but I think Phoenix might just get a 2-1 win. I've so gone... i go for both. <laughs> I've gone for 2-0 for this one, Phoenix. I'm going 1-0 Melbourne City. 1-0 City. Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, so a quick recap on, on last week's. Con had... Uh, the, the get the, the the tipping of the round. So um, well, actually, no, you, you and John both tipped a correct score. Yeah. You put in you having Wanderers on a one-one draw, and John getting Perth two-nil up at the Jets. Uh, apart from that, me and Kev did poorly, uh, but um, Jacko still sits top of the table. Yeah. Having tipped by far the most uh, rounds than anyone here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Con actually only t- 
10 points behind me after a pretty solid um, run. Say, And you've only been here since January. Yeah. You were a January sign-in. That's true, actually, yeah. You've done very well. I'd like yeah. to see uh, what happens if I start from the beginning. If you did a whole season. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think either way, you've got the moral victory from this. Uh, oh, moral victory. So, um, moral victory is yeah. Good. Moral yeah. Um, and Kev, it's, it's not the winning. It's just the taking part, mate. <laughs> I was doing a Perth. I led for most of the season. <laughs> Salary cap issues have derailed. <laughs> um, nice one. All right, gents. Thank you very much. Very welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks for tuning in, uh, listeners. And we will be with you next week. Thanks a lot.